Speaking of reliability, a podcast with good friends talking with you about reliability engineering topics. Welcome to Speaking of Reliability. This is Fred Shankelberg. And this is Kirk Gray. Hey, Kirk. You know, hey, Fred. I, one of the things, um, as we're talking about, you know, various things in our lives and all the other good stuff, um, I noticed the other day that you got a webinar coming up you with uh, Hobbs Engineering, which is yes. part of somebody who got bought by somebody else. So <laughs> I don't know who's, who's the owning... But it's a, a paid webinar, and, and you were talking about all the work you're doing to get ready for it. And I'm like, oh, we should talk about you talking about HALT. Yeah. It's, Not that it's, we've ever done that before. We've never <laughs> talked about HALT before. <laughs> no, only about 20, for me, about 25 years. You know, yeah. it's kind of like, uh, it's it's funny to think this is a revolutionary idea that's been 20 years in existence ever since Greg uh, is Many people may not know Hobbs Engineering is named and was created by Greg Hobbs, who came up with the terms highly accelerated life test, which we all think is a misnomer, and it really should be referred to as a highly accelerated limit test. Well, he got, yeah. he, he all the good ones were taken. Like there was a HP right. had a test that was similar to what he was doing uh, yeah. called Strife. Right. Yeah. You Stress know? plus life. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so there, and and then there's uh, uh, what is it? A highly accelerated over stress test, uh, most or a host or no? Other. That was after that was yeah, after that the, came after yeah. That's was that was co-opted by somebody because that's cause sort of taken. what halt halt was taken. Well, yeah, halt right. Was taken. But Hass was taken. Uh, you know, he couldn't just say uh, accelerated stress screening or which was ass or something like that. He had to use a term but he but the fact that he used life he wasn't um familiar with how traditional reliability engineering had made calculations of life and everybody expected when you did a halt process you would come up with a life number a life test that's right so it's going to last five years with some right. amount of chance of surviving or whatever in Greg's philosophy, and I, I think it's fair to say you have, because you've told me over and over again, and right. it's it's really that you want to go find weaknesses and fix them, and That's then it. and then it the product will be more robust. It will last longer because it is less sensitive to all the various variations that happen in supplies and in manufacturing and use, and it's not it's never intended to say oh this will last for ten years, no. right. And I don't know, except for, you know, there's things like uh, automobile tires and uh, batteries and there are devices and, and, and electronics, uh, IGBT, wear oh, that so wear out. The, yeah, the big... That you do, uh, have to, you do have to worry about. And there are systems like energy systems now, the uh, photovoltaic systems mm -hmm. out in the field. They, they are very... It is very critical for them to know what the lifetime of those systems are. And it's 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 that's important because with wind turbines and they are expected in their whole economic basis of, uh, of yeah. return on investment is based on the amount of time those can operate. Yeah, they and don't so, last for twenty years. The upfront expense isn't worth it. So exactly, kind of, and, yeah. and technological innovation, which is to me the drain in the bathtub curve for most consumer products and a lot of you know a vast majority of technical products is not 
uh, not relevant in that field in in uh, turbines. Once you get one up, you're not going to easily go replace it with the new model that's no. of three years. It's not a software update you're going to do on one of these things to change the transmission. Oh, that's <laughs> you know change of uh, the photovoltaics. Yeah. Also, we know the lithium-ion batteries. Uh, the Cal University of Maryland and uh, um, uh, Michael Peck's group is doing great work in analyzing and understanding the life uh, issues. Well, the specific of, failure mechanisms. It's amazing. But so exactly. the other day, you know, but the other day I ran, um, I was looking, I'm putting together a course on Ascendo. It should be out hopefully later this week, maybe next is the time we're recording. But one of the comments the instructor made was about uh, all these, uh, the issues with recalls and, and listed the consumer protection agency, or I don't know, it's CP, something, some national, the yeah. national transportation, yeah. highway transportation, safety administration, the, the FDA, they all have pages that are just recalls, alerts, notices, stuff like that. Yeah. And, and one of them, what caught my eye is that the whole page was covered in these off-road, um, it's sort of like dune buggies, but yeah, modern versions of them that were, uh -huh. I don't know. They all look like hopped up uh, golf carts. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, and there's a whole page of them, all these different models that were photoed on, you know, I had images on them. I'm like, what's going on with these things? Oh, the cable was routed the wrong way so that it'll, it'll wear with use and create a dead short. So the battery to the chassis, <laughs> Right. Like, now you got a hot seat. That just, <laughs> it's like, yeah. and, and you're not going to get vibration with this product, right? You know, it's an off road in the, all the ads, yeah, you know, yeah. going over rocks and hunters <laughs> and all that. And it was yeah. like, it was, you know, it was, and I started looking through the list and it was manufacturing defects, faulty parts, counterfeit parts. It was, um, you know, poor design, no margin, you know, right. it, the kinds right. of stuff I was looking at it and then going, right. these are not wearing out. <laughs> these no. Are and I'd say most if engineers go back, the ones that can access the failure, uh, root cause analysis of the failures at predecessor products in any company they're in, they would see that the vast majority of their, especially in commercial competitive industries or, you know, highly, uh, like, the phone uh, industry or the uh, computer industry that the technological uh, improvements and power and speed and all the other benefits, you know, uh, 5G, things like that. Everybody um, can't be using, I mean, we don't use anywhere near the life that's in these products. Mm -hmm. I have VCRs, we'll have DVDs. You probably have CD players. I don't know if any... No, not anymore. I think I actually not finally anymore, got. But well, where, where did I do? My nineteen twenty yeah. uh, Tacoma tr uh, pickup truck has a CD player in it, and okay. my father-in-law um, uh, had an eclectic collection of CDs that are just covered in grime and dust and dirt because right. <laughs> they're just laying all over the place in the truck. So I don't right. know if that would be a stress test for the, the poor CD player when I stick in this, you know, peanut butter covered dusty. CD, well, but, but anyway, yeah. you, you've got this uh, seminar well, coming up, and you yeah, were talking coming about up July eighteenth uh, and nineteenth, I think. And so, I'm coming up with a material. I'm trying to review everything that I've talked about over the last twenty five years, and I'm trying to bring Greg's ideas into it. And also, I mean, well, Greg is a basis for all my 
the direction he pointed me. I mm-hmm. did change. I have modified some of the things. He wasn't always absolutely correct about everything, but he was generally correct about find the weaknesses. And, you know, I just posted on LinkedIn a, a thing about air fryers, 700 models of air fryers or something. There's some huge number of air fryers were recalled because of a, they were burning up. Yeah. <laughs> catching fire. <laughs> catching fire. And Not I, a good you know, thing for a countertop oven. <laughs> and I know a thermal test to some limits, you know, would have probably shown that. Yep. Shown the melting, of the, the even the even the melting of a plastic maybe causing something to touch something else. Right. Which, you know, in a product that has, it gets incredibly hot, you, you really have to go way beyond that. So, um, Anyway, it's costing these companies a lot more than whatever it would have taken to go take 10 of them and push them to a melting point uh, and see what happens when somebody sets it on a stove. You know, what happens? Just if it's a hot day or, I mean, if it was in a high ambient or it was in the sun or it had a a strange load or whatever. But the, you know, you know, part of the issue is, is that, and that's, I think you were talking about in the, in the, in your as you're preparing this talk is that a lot of people, I, I think there's two ways, there's three different ways you can approach product development from a reliability point of view. Well, four, one, just totally ignore it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you get what you get. And yeah. I, you know, and you've known people and companies that that's been their approach and we see it, you know, and yeah. sometimes it works right. just fine. Sometimes, sometimes it works. Yeah. Experience. They do make products, and I've tested halt tested products that don't really need any improvement. They've right. got it fairly happens. large margins. Right, it happens. But then right. there's the kinds that say, "Well, we're going to go deliberately go find the weaknesses." That's halt approach, and then we'll go fix right. that. And uh, well, we're going to go deliberately find if there are any weaknesses. Like I said, there's right. some that don't have, and then we'll go so, fix it, and then we'll go do that. And then another approach is, "Oh, it's all we'll do a parts count prediction." And we'll do or even you know, worse. Uh, we'll do um, a couple of fixed tests and, you know, and uh, temperatures p- test to pass so that we know that it works and make a bunch of assumptions and we'll call it good. And then there's a fourth group that um, uh, basically does, you know, the very detailed accelerated testing and understand their failure mechanisms and modeling. And you mentioned uh, CALS and PEC. If, mm-hmm. you, if you're doing a lithium ion battery and you're working with CALS, mm-hmm. you've got all these grad students running tests for you, you got all right. this modeling capability right. going on. Mm-hmm. You really get to know a lot of stuff. And, right. But there, I mean, there's, you can do the analytical approach and if you do it well, it actually works, but it's, it's constrained that it doesn't cover every failure mechanism. It covers dominant no. failure mechanisms. If you right. know what they are in halt, it's great. Because it covers the vast majority of things that typically happen, except for the ones that cause it to fail after 20 years. But you can only know, you can only uh, take into account the failure mechanisms you know, and sometimes you don't know. In fact, and that's a the lot problem. Of times, and that's the that's problem. That's the problem. Yeah. But also, you have to have, to be able to model something, you have to have a consistent intrinsic behavior or in, intrinsic uh, wear out or something that you're talking about. Yeah. You have to know like the failure a, mechanism. There's no you doubt have to know about the that. Failure, right. And you don't, 
And there's thousands of them. And then the supplier changes the material in that polymer by, you know, an eighth of a percent and says, oh, it'll never notice. And now it melts or deforms. The supplier changes the material or the... or yeah, the, the supplier changes the, the material. Well, we that can happen. Yeah. Okay. But if you do all your testing, you you do halt, you do everything else, and, and it, you know, you think you've got a good product, and then you go to production and they alter just one additive to it so that, and I've run into this where they said, we'll order to ramp this. We need to add this, this magic powder over here so that it right, does right. whatever. And, they, and now it doesn't work. Right. <laughs> or a procurement guy says, we got a cheaper part and yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah. And he doesn't know that. And he didn't right. test for the margin in that. But Halt that part is, is part of looking for the gist I getting from what your talk was and what prompted me to want to talk about it a little bit get back to, <laughs> we, we got so much stuff we could talk about. Well, but obviously. one of the thoughts is, is that part of it is, is that you were talking about it as the different uh, frame of reference. Right. So somebody thinks that if I just do what's in the standards, I'm good. Right. You and I both know that they're not, they're in big trouble. No, that's the problem that all the standards and everything they know is not what's going to happen in the product. That's going to cause failure. Otherwise they wouldn't <laughs> design it in yeah. the first Way rule of re building in reliability is follow good design rules, okay? Good design practices. Uh, DFM, design for manufacturability. You know, use the same screws as much as you can. Screw size. Don't, you know, get a different, uh, you know, use the same kind. Anyway, there's just a lot to DFX, mm -hmm. what design for. And that is a good design to get to time zero. It works on the bench. It works at zero. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then if you do have wear out mechanisms like a battery, then you can, that is a, that it will be important to know how long that's going to last as far as how many yeah. recharge and discharge. Like, and you can do a, and you can do a rough calculation though with that, where it just says, oh, we have this amount of capacity and we know from this style of chemistry that we get, you know, X hundred thousand recharges or however, what the number right. is. And we can say, all right, this will last, you know, if you have to recharge it every night, it'll last six days <laughs> or right. whatever. You can get a rough idea and then you can go test that. Right. But battery technology is also changing. So yeah. that's going to change too over time that the batteries are going to get better and there's going to have to be remodeled. And you may not, you know, it takes time to model that kind of stuff. And, yeah. you know, you have to have to, experimental time at, 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 uh, use conditions and compare that. And so all that takes time, but the, but my biggest frustration, Fred, is the whole reliability industry to me has been built on quantification. And I did mention some products that do time quantification, mm -hmm. that time quantification is critical, knowing the duration of, of solar arrays, of wind turbines, of, of, uh, Long-term systems, you know, production for systems. That's that. If if there are wear out, mechanical wear outs, gears, uh, things like that, uh, in wind turbines, uh, IGBTs, uh, integrated uh, insulated gate bipolar transistors, do have a wear out. They yep. will wear out in time. But yep. you know, we're seeing prognostics and health management do better uh, measurements and and um, precursors and looking for key performance indicators that will show that wear out mode and they're getting to that those mm -hmm. kind of things but you know teslas and uh, all the electric vehicles are going to have to use uh of uh, you know semiconductors that have tremendous power is having to go to hundred thousand watts to those wheels when you're accelerating 
is quite a bunch of power. And, and that does cause a lot of heat generation and over time may for a car that's expected. And I think lifetime of cars is probably expected to be at least 10 years. So at that's least, a much yeah. longer term. Yeah. And if you're replacing, yeah, if you're replacing the IGBT and the, the, that inverter uh, panel, that's not cheap. That, that's no. a significant no. expense. You want that to last a good long time. Right. And, and the, we know that IGBTs are Achilles heel of these powered, these electric vehicles and right. solar arrays and everything else. That so uses quantification that. is important in some elements of a reliability of a electric systems in some elements of electric systems. We could also say electrolytic capacitors, aluminum electrolytics may have some way out. By, but yeah. I haven't really seen that in a, in a, in a mini system being a problem that I know are quite old. Um, so, so the, the, the vast majority, though, has been beliefs based on the 217 era in 64, whenever it came out. Yep. And the orientation has been that, you know, we can quantify this uh, time that these things will live. And as you mentioned, with the manufacturing variations, with all the things that can occur during that dynamic period of production over the life of production. Anything can be introduced, and we've seen it. You've seen it, where mm -hmm. a bad part is put in, a component that the manufacturer didn't know was damaged in shipping or handling or testing. Mm -hmm. It gets into the mix. Um, and it really takes a lot of time and investigation to get down to that root cause. So some people just kind of, you know, give up. And it's really hard because, you know, companies, people, that, especially in design, that has a low margin, nobody wants to, you know, everybody's, uh, trying to dodge the bullet of who did this, who missed this, who overlooked, you know, the, I'm sure the guy in Boeing that in the 747 MAX uh, MCAS system, seeing that there was only one, based on one sensor, mechanical sensor outside the plane, the angle of attack sensor, who missed that? You know, who was, who kept overlooking that? Because it was just, you know, when you look at it on the surface, it looks pretty obvious that relying on one mechanical sensor outside the plane to control a very critical operation of the, uh, you know, tail. Well, uh, that, when we talked about that before, it gets complex because, I mean, the mechanical guys are saying, yeah, this thing works. And if it doesn't work, the pilot can override it. That's always an option. And then at some point they said, well, we don't, let's not tell the pilots. <laughs> yeah, well, that you know, was because of that's the a training, different, the cost of yeah, training. That's issue a different that issue, had, you know, like and that. I was like, okay. I mean, but, but, okay, we, uh, you know, I can think of, um, well, I don't know this air fryer, what was the problem with it. I, Cause you don't know. See, that's a problem. Another thing that keeps my, uh, the field really restricted is the lack of sharing of, of, of well, you uh, should look at that, that web. I think I'll see if I can find it again. I'm pretty sure it was the consumer protection agency or consumer protection, something or another. And on their recalls page, and you can find those souped up golf carts and it actually said the 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 power cable was incorrectly routed during construction and it wears mm -hmm. and shorts to the chassis i think i told you i took in my kia because of the same kind of thing they found out oh maybe they're they the had same recall. thing only different skin on the well, outside an, <laughs> an engine module you know or something like that or it was controlled to the 
braking system, something was very critical about yeah. it. But, you know, a few, maybe a very small 0.5%, who knows how many initiated this recall. But, you know, they had to go and uh, either change out or call in, and that was quite expensive. But uh, they could have probably found this out had they done a very high level, and I know they do in cars, but, you know, done a t to a point of failure for this module. Mm -hmm. Or it could have changed. We don't know. Yeah. It could have changed. The design could have changed over time, like the uh, like the uh, ignition switch problem that yeah. didn't initiate the airbags. The guy changed the design, didn't tell anybody, didn't document it, and suddenly, you know, they, they were seeing uh, in the past a big problem with the previous cars but so you hold snack and to catch these er errors of judgment that are in the manufacturing process or a supplier's system or design you know a rogue designer saying oh, i'll just change this this just makes sense and and not doing due diligence for the 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 effects i mean we're, halt halt has is not limited going to, well halt is defined Initial design limitations and weaknesses, okay? Yeah. That's all it's really fine. Right. And you really don't want to find manufacturing flaws or errors in, in assembly or those kind of things because you want, the, you want the, what's the anomaly manufactured product in the halt, okay? Yeah. That's, yeah. It's got but most got, everything. And, and for your presentation, you've got tons of examples of finding stuff and some you can talk about and some you have to obscure and all other stuff but yeah. I, I suspect it'll be a lot of fun yeah and we've talked about it in a handful of our shows different things we've seen yeah, and found sure. and so on so there's so <laughs> you've got a couple of you sounds like you got almost two months now before you do your presentation so you've got 25 years to distill in the next two months yeah <laughs> down really to what an hour to, to hour yeah yeah what i've seen and what i know and also to, to address the very broad range of industry that I, I sometimes from everything from, you know, I've, I've, uh, <laughs> I've had seminars where everything from, you know, the guys that make the, uh, the neon or the uh, LED signs, uh, billboards mm -hmm. to some at the same audience, you know, somebody's making uh, a breast pump, a breast milk pump for, right. for women. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just really hard, but the principles, the principles apply. So I think that'll be fine for any audience. But it's but yeah, if you tell an example that's on electronics, the guys in mechanical are tuning out and heading to the donuts. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so it's really hard to keep everybody's interest. And I I plan on focusing mostly on the principles, philosophy, frame of reference, and then kind of you know the basic methodology, which you know I cover uh, sort of. But I've got to get them unhinged or unhinged. <laughs> unhinged I like you get, i gotta detach them <laughs> detach them from the idea that there are tests that can give you a lifetime field number okay oh, i and i'm going to reference our very first podcast podcast of speaking of reliability number <laughs> one it was over seven it's 758 yeah. episodes ago it, it was on the question of can you pass halt so we won't talk about it here because there's a whole episode no, on that one no, no. we've had lots of web podcasts now that we've covered a lot of ground so this is this is why after 25 years and uh my knowledge and experience with the uh, field and looking at, I still look at, you know, reliability failures. I've got the news feed from Google on reliability issues. Um, how many of these, you know, are still based on uh, things that could have been found if they tested to limits yep. 
But or and this is another thing, you know, we do we talk about halt. We don't talk about Hass. Not as often. But halt is a Hass is derived exclusively from halt, and people don't believe don't understand that. Yeah. You know that you de you develop a screen, and it's usually as many stress factors as you stress stimuli as you can put in there in a in a chamber in a condition. Um, and that is for monitoring ongoing and trying to catch those things, depending on the risk your product has to failure in the field or the criticality of that system, that you would apply that because it is an expensive well, process. That's a whole whole nother yeah. whole another episode. So let's let's wrap it up and and let's I wanna leave it with the question of now that we know that you got this to prepare and you got all the experience you're right. pulling on. Um, but we haven't really gotten a, a ton of questions uh, on HALT. You know, we've got a few over the years that we've made episodes out of it. But it, here's our chance to do two things. One is to get some feedback on what would people want to hear about in a, this right. seminar you got coming up. Mm -hmm. And then two is we could talk about it, flush it out some here in the podcast so that it, during the next couple of months, you're still in the development process of this. So we could <laughs> hash some of this stuff out here and get an answer out to people. So, you know, head over to ascendoreliability.com slash go slash SOR. And you can leave us a message. You can leave us a written message or a voice message. And we'd love to hear from you. Um, in this particular topic, you know, we've talked about it lots and lots of times. Um, and we know that uh, you're going to have a great audience and probably a handful of questions there. But here's your chance to ask some of those questions and help shape that uh, seminar uh, and add some content here, ideas for us to talk about uh, during the show. So we'd, we'd really appreciate hearing from you. Yes. Um, so um, sounds like you got... 25 years in two months, that's going to be a challenge, but you can do it. You, you know, what's important. So I do. Um, again, I, I just hope I can at least give an initial, um, paradigm and pointing a direction and, uh, a new frame of reference for, for my audience and some examples of how they can, and they really do have to sell this if it's not a, uh, it's understood. not already in the house. Yeah. No, there, there's many ways it. that you can, uh, you know, be able to convince uh, management and the expense of taking this direction. Also, engineers that will constantly say, "Well, of course it broke. You, you overstressed it." <laughs> <laughs> but that's episode number four, I think. Yeah, we did that one. All right. Um, so anyway, yeah. Good talk to you, Kirk. Good luck with the prep, and we'll see what kind of questions we get to see if we can okay. uh, help help what's on people's minds on this topic. Okay. Thanks, Fred. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to Speaking of Reliability. We invite you to join the conversation if you have a question or a topic that you think we should discuss in a future show, please let us know. You can find a comment box below the episode show notes or just leave a note as part of a review on iTunes. <laughs>